congregation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Some of you may have been here when I talked about this this concept of living from a place of rest. I talked about how in my own life I began to sort of learn some new things about how to be in a place of rest with Jesus rather than, you know, like essentially having a day off and resting, which is good for us, but having a day off that is more about resting in Jesus. And um, I'm going to talk more about this. You'll probably get sick of hearing about this from me. Maybe you won't. You'll be like, I've heard it before. But like, this is just where we want to go as a church is it's about putting Jesus first. So it's about remembering that Jesus rested. So as we, as we are doing our Bible plans and, and reading our Bible and reading the Gospels, they are thinking about like noticing Jesus' resting moments and Jesus' times that he took out to pray and to be with God, his Father, and to ask God, his Father, what to do next. So we can live by his example and... Yeah, do that. Now, you may have noticed on the side of my slide, there's this little, there's these letters. Can you see it? M-M-L-J. Okay. I did this a little bit for the ADHD brains. While you're listening, you're still going to try and work out what that means. So it's a little puzzle. If you crack the puzzle, I actually have some pieces of paper and pens on the front seat. You can put your name on the piece of paper and um, write what you think it is. And then I've got my bag of minties at the front. I'll give you a minty at the end, if you guess it. So kids, see if you can guess what this, what this means as well. It's a, it's a puzzle. <laughs> but it relates to the sermon, okay? <laughs> I've got you all thinking now. But now you, need to, now you need to focus on my sermon next, okay, right? <laughs> so here's a scripture for you. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So 1 John 2, 6, that's where we're going, is walking like Jesus walked, is doing things like he wants us to do, to do it. And I also talked about last time was this scripture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I talked about this concept of having a full life rather than have, you know when people say, how was your week? You go, it was busy. I was full on, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this and we just got like, into like everything we did, right? And I'm so stressed and I've done this. And rather than looking at it as like we have a full life, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. But here's the little trick, is that sometimes we can make it a little bit too full. (laughs) Gary's already putting his hand up. (laughs) And so, yes, he said we can have life to the full and there's stuff that we may love and may really enjoy, but there's got to be a balance, just like Jesus did. He went and he spent time with God, his Father, and he prayed. Okay, here you go. We're tying this into Christmas. If you worked with me, that would work. <laughs> if you're in my house, eventually you get them turned, the music turned off. 
<laughs> Amy's not here. She she has already been started um, starting to make cookies and put her Christmas music on because her goal is to make cookies every day before Christmas. Although we didn't get cookies yesterday, did we? But maybe it's because I wouldn't let her put the Christmas music on. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> She's probably, she, I think she did tell me that. If she didn't put it on, she couldn't work fast enough to get to the cookies. So, yeah, anyway. Um, over Christmas time, every single person, when I say that word Christmas, you're going to have a whole heap of images, words or thoughts go through your head. You're probably starting to think about them now. What am I going to do? What are my plans? What presents am I going to buy? What food are we going to have? Where are we going to go? We maybe have got it all sorted. Anyone got it all sorted? So it's about we're, we're tying in our life with Jesus, our life of living out of rest, also along with Christmas. And I've deliberately chosen this over Christmas time because usually this is the busiest time of the year, right? For some people, there are so many different events. I laid out the challenge to you guys to see if you could read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, okay? And choose one where the life of Jesus is, the accounts of Jesus and all of them tell most, like there's some of the same stories, some are a few different accounts and that kind of thing. And you know the Christmas story that we kind of tell? That actually comes from all of those books of the Bible. You won't find the whole account just through one. Did you know that? I found that out when I was doing kids' church, like, a few years back, when I, like, went to, like, tell them the story and went to find it in the Bible. I'm like, hang on a minute. It doesn't go, like, you know, like how we know it. Um, so, so, yeah, the challenge was to start reading. And Matthew, a few weeks ago, told us um, how he was going with his challenge. I loved your honesty, Matthew, um, because I think I might have also been in the same boat. <laughs> I set the challenge and then I didn't do it every single day. Um, and so you can be honest too, it's okay. You might not get to it every day, but if you can, that would be fantastic and, and you'll, you'll get so much out of it. So I'm going to share with you one of the accounts of Jesus that I was inspired by when I read my Bible and hopefully be able to tie all of this into living from rest and, and stuff too. All right, so here we go. Let's get our Bibles out. You brought your Bible to church, right? John 5, 1 to 14. Okay, the healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. 
The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said, See you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. So I thought that I would just share with you some of the things that I suppose stood out to me in this parable. First of all, for me, this one is about Jesus being our healer. Isn't he amazing? Like, like someone's crippled and can't walk and what was it, 38, 30, was it 38? Yeah, 38 years. Probably, maybe his whole life, maybe, maybe close to it. He'd been crippled for. And, and Jesus just came along and he just, he didn't even touch him by the sounds of it. And he just said, get up and walk. And he was like that. Like that's our Jesus. And we talk about that as our Jesus in the Bible, but it's our Jesus today. He still has the same power to heal. And the, the one thing that came across to me in this is this was a Sabbath day. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about, about that. But for the Jews, this was a very important day where you were not allowed to work. And so Jesus knew that there was these rules and regulations against all of that kind of stuff. But he, he still had compassion and love and grace for this man that said, okay, like he would have known what was going to happen, that, you know, the, the Jews were going to be unhappy with him for working on the Sabbath. But he still healed the man. That's how compassionate and how loving he is to, to do something that means, you know, that's going to sort of land him in some trouble, I suppose you could say. And we don't like doing that, do we? We don't like making ourselves stand out. But there was Jesus doing that. The other thing that I thought was very interesting at the end was Jesus said to him to turn away from his sin or something worse might happen. I... Um, some of the things, different things I listened to just, you know, really pointed out some stuff about sin to me. It's not just the rules and regulations, do this and don't do that because it's, it's wrong and it's right. But Jesus asks us to stop sinning because he knows that sin hurts us. Some sins hurt us more than others. But he doesn't want us to be in pain and he doesn't want us to be separated from him. And so he asks us to not sin. And um, 
So that was my thought on that parable. So I wanted to just to talk a little bit more about the Sabbath. So what we know about the Sabbath is that it was a 24-hour period set aside for worship. It often, most of all, started with some sort of feast or a meal together, bringing family together. And there were a lot of laws around it, like we, we mentioned before. So they were not allowed to work. Now, define not working. <laughs> so the meals are all prepared beforehand. So all of the jobs that you need to do are all done beforehand. So you have a 24-hour period of rest. Although I want to know who does the dishes, but um, maybe they get left for 24 hours. (laughs) Um, We were talking about this at our leaders meeting and Hayley brought up some stuff when she went to Israel. She said that they they employ people at the elevators. Um, The Jews employ people at the elevators to press the buttons because you're not allowed to press a button. That's work. It's flicking on a light switch. It's work. So, like, this is how, like, intricate they got with their laws and the things that they did. So, Jesus come along and he started to challenge this. Some of you, like, sitting and thinking, if you had to do this, weren't allowed to work at all, had to do nothing, would you be allowed to press the remote on the TV? (laughs) Like, what... What would that look like for you? Does that start freaking you out? Like, like we are so connected with our TVs, with our phones, with using our electricity, uh, like everything. And we're so busy that I think that is, would be something really, really hard to do. But so what I'm going to say is it's not just about stopping and resting. There's so much more to it. The more to it is that it's about worship. So it's about your mind being focused on on Jesus. Jesus shows us in even in this um, account that he was returning to Jerusalem for one of the hot Jewish holy days. So he, he also followed that. So he's showing us that, like, he still honoured that. But then, like I said before, in honouring that, he still sees this man who needs healing and he has compassion on him. And he showed that grace and love. I actually have another example um, of Jesus talking about the Sabbath and his challenge to the Jews, and that's in John 7. 21 to 24, if you want to turn to that with me, because I at least got to chapter 7 in my Bible. Um, (laughs) 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 All right, are you ready? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man 
on the Sabbath. Jesus is pretty straight. You ready for this next line? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. And so Jesus is showing us here that, you know, we can also bring our own right judgment into this place that although we're not, we don't follow Jewish law, um, but if we wanted to sort of be particular about some of that stuff of the Sabbath and all of that, you know, we might want to pick that up and go, okay, let's do it by the law of the letter. Um, and so, but Jesus is coming and saying, there's so much more to it than that. And he challenged the Jews on that. I, I think that Jesus is amazing doing that. Like, th- these are powerful people. Um, they, as we saw, as we see, eventually they arrest him and they they get him um, killed for for nothing. He didn't do anything. Like they they were able to do that only because God allowed it, right? So I wanted to ask this question. How does the Sabbath relate to our lives today? You're going, Kerry, don't tell me to do nothing for the whole 24 hours. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. It's okay. Take a breath. <laughs> um, Lisa, you have to do nothing for 24 hours. <laughs> Gary? No. <laughs> Will you listen? No. Anyway, but that's, this is not what it's about. It's not about me telling you to, to do this. But I do want to lay out the challenge of, you know, taking some of these concepts of the Sabbath for our own lives. What does rest look like? How does living from a place of rest look like in your, look like in your life? So I um, have a book and part of, part of all of this is about some of the reading I've been doing and learning um, from the Emotionally Healthy Leader book by Peter Scazzaro, however you say his name, Scazzaro. And he, he talks about the Sabbath as stop rest, stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight and contemplate God. There's some challenges in that. And um, as I've taken some of this on and started to look at it for my own life, I've like found it really, really hard. Like it, it's, it's hard to stop working. It's hard to enjoy resting. I think that I, maybe it's my personality... But my, like, my personality goes a little bit of like, I feel a bit guilty for doing like nothing, like I should be doing stuff. Some others of you might not have that same <laughs> feeling. But like, how do you enjoy resting? How do you practice delight? It's, it's, it's chal- this is challenging stuff. And I suppose before we, before we really go, yep, I want to take that on, we have to understand why it's important. 
Why is it important to live from a place of rest? Why is it important to take something like a Sabbath? You're quiet. (laughs) And I think that if we don't, the simple answer is that we become overworked we get very stressed and our relationship with God suffers. For me, that's what, it, that's what it's meant. If I haven't stopped and looked after my relationship with God, then I struggle. To be able to find this place of rest, we need to set apart time that includes resting physically and spiritually and emotionally. That's, I think, I think that God had, you know, like, because the Jews took this from, you know, God rested on the seventh day, right? This is where this come from. And so God says, take rest. And so they took that law, they took what God did, and they went, okay, we now need to make it look like this. Don't do anything, don't cook, don't clean, don't, I wonder if they, you know, if back then they were allowed to light their candles or, you know, maybe they had to have it long burning so it was done beforehand, you know, like they put in all of those, those rules and regulations. God didn't. And I think Jesus, him coming and challenging this, like shows us that that's not exactly how God meant it to be. I love that statement when he, when like Jesus says, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. He doesn't like, there's not many more statements after that. And I think that we learn more about right judgments when we, when we keep reading about Jesus and what he wants for our lives and how he wants us to think and um, how to live our life. So the, the Jews put in all of these rules and regulations And then we don't follow any Jewish law, so we're just sort of like living our life and doing stuff and um, in our church and just, you know, we don't talk about the Sabbath very much. Uh, But I want to just bring that back to, we can use the word Sabbath, it doesn't have to mean all of these rules and regulations, but can you find a place with Jesus that is a place of rest? that is contemplating him, that is delighting in him, what would that day look like? Um, and I've, I've been playing with, playing with that, would that be the right word? I've been, you know, trialing different things that make that day look like rest for me. And I've been like changing and chopping that around because like we don't, like it's not something that's natural. <laughs> for us and having to sort of learn what that looks like and I'll pop down there at the bottom if we are busy and always on the go how do we find peace my answer to that is when we find how to be in a place of rest if we find how to contemplate God, how to delight in him, how to worship him for some, you know, if it's a 24-hour period or a shorter period of time, um, you know, just starting, you know, looking at that and, and trialing some stuff, then that 
flows through the rest of our week. And we stop and go, oh, that's right. When I was resting, I felt that peace. Okay, God, I want, like, could you give me that peace back again? Here are some, um, some things that, from the things I've been listening to and just some things that God has said to me that I want to share with you about how to start in your mindset in living from a place of rest. Number one, it starts and it ends with Jesus. Think about that for a minute. If your day starts and it ends with Jesus, it's all about him. Every single problem, every single crisis is Jesus is in there. He, he's, he's, it's all about him. God is everything and everything is in God. Nothing that we do is separated from that. Nothing. Nothing that we do is separated from God. Even if you're sinning, you are still not separated from him. He's still there. This next one, rejoice and give thanks. This comes back to that phrase I'm asking you, how do you do life? If we're busy and always on the go, how do we find peace? The answer is to rejoice in him and give thanks. I was listening to um, a guy called Graham Cook. Um, you can find him on podcasts or you can look him up. Um, I listened to a lot of his stuff. And um, he was answering a question about how can we be more intimate with God. And you know how you, you look for the um, answer? You, you think, oh, yeah, he's going to say, read your Bible, pray more. All of those kind of things. You're waiting for that. He didn't. He, like, and this is where some of this comes from. He just said, first of all, we need to know that God is everything. And, and in that answer, he also said, when things are going wrong, don't pray. Rejoice in him and give thanks. Bit mind-blowing, right? Not telling you not to pray. Let's, let me just say that, all right? <laughs> But that quote is more about, you know, like we start praying and we start thinking about the problem and we start, it starts building up and we, then we end up being a bit more stressed. God, you've got to solve this, you've got to do this. But if we start going, hey, Jesus, I rejoice in you. You're an amazing God and I thank you for the things you've given me. And Lord, I, I just know that you're going to be in this place with me. Well, I'm, God, I'm feeling stressed. But Jesus, I, I, I still give you thanks for my day. I still give you thanks for my kids. I th- thanks for the, my family. It's, it's a change in thought pattern. Um, so, yeah, Graham Cook does this mind-blowing stuff to me sometimes. And, whoa. So some other things there. Take time to spend with the Holy Spirit in calm and quiet. Now, not all of this time of rest has to be in calm and quiet. Sometimes one of the things that I do is I like to watch an online church called Gateway um, Church in in America. And so I'll pop that on, sometimes quietly, sometimes loudly. 
Sometimes I'll sing worship songs and if no one's home, I might sing loudly. You know, like it's not all about just quiet and rest and just be like very reverent. It's It's about how to be in him, how to rest in him, how to do our day with him. So to understand that Jesus is in us and we're always in him. I think I've said that a couple of times. I don't think I reread this slide. So anyway, have you got that? Yeah? <laughs> Doubled up on it. It's an important point. Believe that he is for us. He is not against us. Uh, that's a, such an important point because you, you know how you stop and you think, right? Why did that happen to me? I must have done something wrong. Or maybe, maybe God's trying to teach me a lesson. It's never about that. Never. Like Jesus came and died on the cross to take away all of the old law. Now it's all about grace. Doesn't matter what you do, you cannot be separated from Jesus, which is the last point. Believe that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you, no matter what. And these are concepts that I think we have talked about a lot in our church and have been words, I think, for different people at the front from other speakers. And I think other speakers have have mentioned these words and know that God is, is, is speaking to us in these words. Like he wants us to get these concepts because when we live in these truths, we live in freedom. And we're not so tied up and bound up in law and in beating ourselves up and telling ourselves how bad we are and, and you know, that all leaks out of us around the people around us. But when we're leaking out Jesus' um, truths in our lives, that he is for us and he's not against us, that he will never leave me or forsake me, that he loves me, that leaks out of us to the people around us. So, as we lay out this challenge, and I keep laying out this challenge to you to read your Bible, and I give myself the challenge too, to, to grab one of those um, books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and start reading. Get Jesus in here. More like learn about who he is and how he di- how he did life, and um, some of you I might start you know asking, or even if you get inspired by something and you want to share it in church, can you come and ask me to do that? And we'll make some time for that. Maybe I'm going to come and ask some people. Everyone's going to be running away from me after church, <laughs> but let's share together. Let's do this journey together of um, you know, finding our place of rest, of putting Jesus first around Christmas time and, and let's, let's journey together. So for the week ahead, keep reading your Bible. Start a new plan if the last one failed. <laughs> yep. Choose a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. Uh, leading up to Christmas, ask Jesus how you can incorporate more of him into your plans. And take on the challenge of working out how to incorporate, I've put Sabbath-like time 
into, into your week. And like I say, it doesn't have to be law like the Jews did. But, you know, could it be a, could it be a smaller amount of time? Can you start with an hour or two hours? Maybe if you're bold, you might want to try the 24-hour thing. See how you go. It's not very easy when your kids ask you to take them to school. So do you, do, has everybody worked out what MMLJ is? Most of you? Who wants me? Oh, so Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.